But I, I want to talk this morning. A lot is being said about vaccines. And people are excited, some, at the possibility of getting a vaccine. Others said, no way, I'm not taking a vaccine. And um, uh, all in between. And today I'm going to talk about vaccines, but I will not answer those questions. So you can decide about that vaccine. I'm talking about a different vaccine. I'm talking about a global vaccine for a global pandemic. Now, the, the, the vaccine that uh, people are talking about now is, is in response to a pandemic that has affected 7 or 8% of our population. But the pandemic I want to talk about is a pandemic that's affected 100% of our population. The vaccines that, I, that you're hearing about on the news, out of that 7 or 8% of the population, have a really good success rate from what they tell us. I mean, I think only time will really answer that question. But from what they tell us, have a 90-some percent success rate. But the vaccine I want to talk about this morning has a 100% success rate. So we've got a 100% pandemic and a 100% vaccine or antidote. And uh, so that, I, I want us to just draw some parallels because that's kind of on everybody's mind. And my, my thought process is I was, you cannot turn on the news without being inundated with news about the vaccine. I thought this morning early, I'll watch a few minutes of the news um, and, put it, and that's all they were talking about. And my thought process was, Lord, if the church could get as excited about the vaccine that God has given us, if we could get as stirred up about the sin problem as we are about the coronavirus problem, we could literally turn the world <laughs> upside down. And uh, so I, but you know, we, 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 we get messed up in our thinking. And so I, I won't just go in here to numbers. Pastor, how are we going to deal with the Bible and, and talk about vaccines? Well, let's, let's see. The Bible's not silent on very many subjects. Numbers 21, verse 4. Then they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of, Red, of the Red Sea to go round the land of Edom. And the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way. Now, th this isn't necessarily part of our sermon, but I, I, I'm going to pause right there anyway, so I guess it will be part of our sermon. Um, how many knows that sometimes on the journey, discouragement sets in? There, there's excitement at the beginning. There's excitement at the destination. But how many knows it's really not about the beginning or the destination. It's really about the journey. And a lot of times on that journey, on that, on that trip that, we're, that we are on from the time that we are born to the time that we are taking into the land of promise, ultimately heaven, that there are moments and times where life becomes overwhelming, 
and discouraging. Now the Bible is clear on how the people responded to discouragement and uh, Brother Dominic this morning was talking about hopelessness and, and binding hopelessness and things that cause hopelessness. And hopelessness and discouragement are first cousins. They go hand in hand. Uh, hopelessness, discouragement, and faithlessness. They, they all go hand in hand. You can't, you can't divide them up really. They're, they're, they're almost interchangeable. And, and so um, discouragement comes in, and because discouragement comes in, hopelessness sets in because it's going to be right there with it. And um, again, if you're looking at the, the world, now I know I am probably overall an optimist. I mean, I always try to think the best. Um, it, it's, it's kind of helped me uh, get through life, even though I've had to deal with problems. Uh, and, I, and so I get that about myself. But then there are those that are pessimists. Everybody ever been around a, that always thinks if there's a bad scenario, then that's what's going to happen. And pessimists sometimes cling to negativity like a magnet. And you can't pry it loose. Now, I believe with all of my heart that if Jesus tarries, this pandemic that we've dealt with as a nation, and not only as a nation, but literally as a world, will become something of the past. We'll get on the other side of it. But can I tell you, there's a lot of people that are already resistant. They just don't want to let go. I mean, there's already, I've heard politicians, oh, well, we'll never be able to return back to normal. Well, why not? Why not? Uh, because they want to cling to something negative. See, I want to stretch toward a, a better opportunity that God has for us. Amen? And I'm not... Listen, I'm not here trying to make a political speech, but a lot of this is, has spiritual implications. And so we have to be willing sometime to let go. Listen, the, the problem wasn't God getting Israel out of Egypt. I mean, that was just a process, a relatively simple process. God delivered Israel out of Egypt. The problem was getting Egypt out of Israel. And we'll see that here this morning. Uh, they, they, every time negativity happened, every time problems happened, they just kept clinging to their past, clinging to the, the problems. And, and I just want to encourage you, listen, as a people, and, and, and these things ought not be political things. These are people things. And God wants to bless us and encourage us and strengthen us. And the people, so they became very discouraged in what they do. The people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water. Our soul loathes this worthless bread. It wasn't long ago they were rejoicing over the manna. How many knows that yesterday's blessings can become today's cursings if we're spoiled? 
We pray, God, give us that car. Give us that automobile. Give us that home. Ten years later, wow, this house is too little. What used to be a blessing to you, that's the way it was. So they, they, God blessed them with manna, and now their Bible, the Bible says, and, and their, their soul began to loathe this worthless bread. I, you say, Pastor, I'd be scared to death. God's pouring down food from heaven and, and, and have the audacity to say, I loathe this, I hate this. Can you imagine? But can I tell you that we do the same thing? God pours blessing after blessing after blessing, and we complain and criticize. We don't have enough. It's not good enough. It's not. I I, I remember when I was a um, uh, just starting out in ministry, and I was talking to uh, my pastor at the Church of God that I had grown up in. And he was leaving that church and going to another church. Because some pastors do that, evidently. <laughs> and um, so uh, the pastor that was coming in behind him called, and that church provided, which was a more popular thing back then, but there had, they had a parsonage. If you don't know what that term is, that's a house that the church provides for pastors. Now the church, in many cases, as in your case, you provide a housing allowance, which allows me to buy my own home, so thank you for that. Um, so, um, but they had a parsonage. And the pastor that was following behind him called him and said, I just need to know one thing. Is the parsonage that the church had good enough for my wife to live in? He says, well, I don't know. Is your wife better than my wife? <laughs> I guess you got to figure that out. It's been good enough for us to live in. But can I tell you, that's the way people are. Uh, but but we, we, we learned, we, we cast aside the blessing. And that's the way these people are. They cast aside the blessing of God, and they begin to be to loathe and, and complain and criticize. But listen, you've got a lot to be thankful for this morning. We could take the rest of this service and just give God praise for the blessing of God in our life and still be behind on how much. I've got a lot to be thankful for. You've got a lot to be thankful for. God I, we, we sung that song, I think it was just this Wednesday night, God has been so, so good to me. And that has been resonating in my heart all week long. I, God has been so, so good to me. How many knows God has been good to you? Amen. Look at, look at your neighbor and say, God's been good to me. And, and if God's not been good to you, then you need to get a better relationship with God. Because God desires to bless his people, amen? Wow, I've got a lot of scripture to get through. So the Lord sent, so here's, so their response, there's no food, no water, we hate this worthless bread. I didn't mess up by reading this in the pigeon version today. I'll, I may do that later, but I thought I'm not going to mess myself up while I'm preaching today. So the Lord, that's it. So, 
So the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people. And they bit the people, and many of the people of Israel died. So God sent fiery serpents. God responded with fiery serpents. And Israel had a pandemic. God gave Moses the answer. Therefore, the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have sinned against, and spoken against the Lord and, and against you. Pray to the Lord that he may take away the serpent from us. So Moses prayed for the people. The Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent. Now, wait a second. Fiery serpents are causing people to die. God says, respond with a fiery serpent. We're going to deal with that. Make a fiery serpent uh, so that, uh, and set it on a pole, and it shall be that everyone who is bitten, when he look at it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and put it on a pole, so it was if a serpent had bitten anyone, when he looked to the bronze serpent, he lived. Now, jump ahead with me just so we can get all the scripture in. It's not even 11 o'clock. <laughs> John chapter 3, verse 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. Okay, now we just read you the story. Jesus is retelling this same story and bringing it into the New Testament. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is condemned. I'm sorry. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Did I tell you that some resisted because some loved darkness rather than light? And then it answers why. Because their deeds are evil. And they love the darkness. How many knows you can do, you can do more evil in darkness? Because light exposes the truth. And a lot of people want this cloak of darkness uh, over over the nation, over the people, over the world, because they feel like they have more control. More, uh, listen. I want to tell you that we are breaking. I, I love that. I'm going to take this coat off. But I won't, that won't make me preach longer. 
Rhonda wants it. Okay. Um, I love the New Testament version of the fiery serpent. One I just read to you, but in Acts chapter 28, that's not in the notes that you got back there, but Acts chapter 28 talks about um, when Paul was bit by a fiery serpent. Now the problem is, in the New Testament, the fiery serpent had no power. So Paul just shook it off. How many knows you've got the power, you've got the ability to shake it off? Some of you need to, there are times I just have to shake some stuff off. It's not that the serpent doesn't bite. It's not that problems don't come our way. It's not that things don't attack us. But then we have to make the decision, am I going to be a victim to this thing? Am I going to lay down and get sick? Or am I going to shake it off and build a fire and go forward? Because I've got more important things to do. How many say, I just don't have time. I don't have time for a pandemic right now. I don't have time to lay back and be destroyed at a moment that God needs the church to be stronger than ever. The church doesn't have time to shut the doors and close down and quit preaching the gospel. People were complaining. Everything's difficult. Everything's hard. It was better before. Let's go back to Slavery. Let's go back to bondage. Uh, I want you to, this is all, let's, let's go back to where, uh, listen, uh, I was having more fun as a sinner. I mean, those, there may be times in your Christian walk that it feels like you were having more fun as a sinner. Uh, Moses didn't deny that. Moses said, I'd rather suffer afflictions with the righteous than to enjoy the pleasures of sin because it's but for a season. We're in this thing for eternity. Can I tell you that there is an eternity and the pandemic that I'm talking about is an eternal pandemic. And it affects our soul. And so uh, many were getting bit in numbers. They looked at the fire. I said we'd come back and deal with the fiery serpent because why would you use the fiery serpent to heal a fiery serpent? Why would, can, I, can I tell you that to, to heal a sickness, vaccines, uh, there's some nurses and medical professionals here, but I'm certainly not one, but I think I've got the very basic concept down. Vaccines often have a small portion of the sickness of the virus that you're trying to overcome mixed into the vaccine so that your body can overcome that sickness and build antibodies to fight that sickness in the future. You get a flu vaccine, you get a little bit of the flu shot in your shot. You get a little bit of the flu. And since flus change and there's new strands that come out, the flu shot changes because it, you're building up antibiotics to fight. Okay, so it makes sense. Well, then how does it make sense if the world has a sin problem that they would raise up Jesus? The Bible says that 
He who knew no sin became sin that we might be healed. So that God raised up Christ, to, he raised up Christ as a curse to break the curse. Now again, everyone that has ever been born has been bitten with the pandemic of sin. It's not a 7 or 8% of the population. It's 100% of the population. Everyone, and not just a, uh, uh, in our country, but everyone globally that has ever been born has been born into sin since Adam. So that everyone has the same issue, and it's a real problem, and, and I don't understand how, uh, and that's why widespread discouragement and hopelessness reigns just like it was in, uh, in Israel when they were traveling from, from uh, uh, Hor to Edom. Uh, they became discouraged and angry because they were bitten by this sickness. Can I tell you, that's why mankind becomes so sick and so discouraged. You want, to, you want to battle discouragement, start worshiping the Lord. Start glorifying God. In your midnight, what did Paul and Silas do in the midnight hour? They praised God. Was their condition when they started praising any better than it was right prior to their praying? No, but it got better. Because they praised God. When Israel marched around the wall and began to shout the victory and play the tab tambourines and blow the trumpets, the wall was still standing there. But through their shouts of victory, the wall came down. Can I tell you, we as the body of Christ cannot afford to allow hopelessness and faithlessness and discouragement. It is the most deadly weapon, and everybody in this room, if we're honest with ourselves, will admit that we've all dealt with it. But we have a decision. Like Paul, shake it off. I think that's one reason that pastors sometimes are the worst counselors. Because I'm like, just quit doing that. <laughs> that. And evidently, that's not effective counseling. But people come in, you know, Pastor, we, every time we have this problem, and I'm like, don't do that anymore. <laughs> we, 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 we fight over the same issue all the time, and, and I'm like, quit, shake it off. But evidently, that doesn't work. So that's why I send people to outside counseling. But, but I do believe that oftentimes we need to shake some stuff off. We can make a decision. Are we going to lay down here and wallow in this problem and deal with this problem and allow this problem to bring me down? Or am I going to shake it off and rise above it and become the man that God has called me to be, become the woman that God has called me to be? Am I going to quit being... How, you know, we all... Listen, there are times that I get upset. There's times you get upset. 
How many's ever just had just a good old pity party? You know, I'm just going to sit here and eat worms and die. <laughs> Set a parameter of how long you're going to allow yourself to go through that. I'm going to be upset for the next 30 minutes. Everybody leave me alone. But when I come out of here, I'm going to have overcome it. I'm going to be put it behind me, and we're going to move on. Amen. I'm not going to just lay here for the next two weeks and cry because somebody hurt my feelings. I mean, I've had people quit the church because I didn't shake their hand. And I don't know, and there may have been a time that I just didn't see it, but as God is my witness, I cannot tell you any one time that anybody has ever extended their hand to shake my hand that I've not responded to shake their hand back. And if I did, then I didn't see it. And I'm sorry, I apologize to you. But, but how many knows that uh, there, I've had people leave church because we didn't put Easter lilies out. I mean, come on, get mad for a minute. But get over it. <laughs> Go buy an Easter lily and bring it to your church. Say, <laughs> so, Pastor, I think our church ought to have Easter lilies. Here they are. <laughs> Don't tell me I'm going to quit the church because you didn't buy an Easter lily. You know, Pastor, I, we, we don't have a food pantry. I'm going to go to a church that has a food pantry. Start a food pantry. And then go to this church. We, but we've got to make a decision to quit being so easily discouraged and offended and realize we have to shake some things off and that God has become a curse that we might live. The reason people are flocking and standing in line to get these vaccines is because they want to live a better life. They're tired of living closed up and shut up. They're tired of constant fear. They're tired of all the problems. Yet there are those that say it don't matter if you get the vaccine or not, you can't change your lifestyle. But I, I want to tell you, Jesus said, I have come that you might have life, that you might have life more. Look to Christ. Jesus said, stand Christ up in the wilderness. Stand, that he, he was referring to his death that he would be crucified on a cross. He would be accursed on a cross outside of the city gates because they didn't crucify people inside of the city limits. They, they crucified him on the outside. So all of you that feel like you're always on the outside, that's all right. That's where Jesus was crucified, on the outside. <laughs> and they buried him on the outside. But he resurrected, hallelujah, to the throne of God. And now he is all in all. So um, the pandemic is sin, rebellion against God. Everyone is born with this virus. All have sinned. And it's, an, it's eternally fatal. 
if I did my numbers right, some of y'all follow this a lot closer than I did. I looked it up real quick this morning. I think about, and if I'm off, then I looked at the wrong numbers, but I think I read that uh, there's been about 29 million Americans that have had COVID. That's a lot of people. There's 380 million Americans. So it's about 7 or 8% of the population. Of that, about 3% has been fatal. Now, I don't minimize that because I've had some precious friends that have lost loved ones. So don't take what I'm telling you out of context. One death is worth mourning over. So I'm not calloused and I'm not hard-hearted toward that. But what I want to tell you is you you have this, this pandemic and the whole church gets up in arms, can we do anything? What, what are we going to do? How are we going to respond? The whole world gets up in arms. How are we going to respond? And nobody is talking about the sin pandemic that has swept the entire nation, entire world, and affected 100% of the population. And we, as the body of Christ, have the vaccine. We have the antidote. <laughs> Jesus said in... in uh, John chapter 12, that where he is lifted up, he will draw all men unto him. We have to, as the body of Christ, lift up Jesus Christ. Don't get sidetracked. Don't get sidetracked. Don't distort or take what I'm telling you out of context. I'm just telling you our mission is clear. Our mission is is absolute our mission and we cannot exchange that mission for anything less that this world has to offer Jesus said don't fear men the worst they can do is take your life what he's saying so let me the worst this vaccine can do for a child of God is send you to heaven But we have eternal hope, and that's the message that we need to be spreading and sharing. And I think we've become so calloused and so, uh, so spoiled in the gospel message that we forget the importance of preaching and teaching and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with all those and lifting up Jesus everywhere we go. We have a real pandemic. The, the antidote in 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Numbers 21.8, Then the Lord, I read to you, the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent, set it on a pole, and it shall be that everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, shall live. God has provided life and life more abundant. People get involved. And everybody wants credit. It's my credit that we got the vaccine. It's my credit. Let me just tell you, it's not your credit. It's nobody's credit. We are all standing uh, heralding the gospel of Jesus Christ it's by Jesus and, and, and pastors 
fall into those same traps. Can I tell you, if they're, if they're a gospel-preaching pastor, as I certainly claim to be, we're all preaching from one book. And we didn't, none of us write it. We've got nothing to take the credit from, but that God, but that God has given us the, the He has given us the, the distribution. He has given us the outlets. And, and can I tell you that the, uh, the the world just came against the body of Christ, and and we shut churches down. But the gospel message never went silent. You cannot shut off the distribution of what God has given us. So that God has called us to lift up Jesus Christ. So that when you're dealing with people, this isn't, I, I used the global vaccine as a title, mainly for an attention grabber. It's really nothing to do with the coronavirus. It's everything to do with the sin virus. Why? Because I'm not going to be distracted from my mission. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nurse. I can't give shots. I, mean, I guess I could jab somebody, and, but I'd probably do it wrong, and I wouldn't do it. But that's okay. That's not my mission. Thank God that that is the mission. There are those that do that. But our mission is to lift up Jesus Christ. Our role is to share Jesus Christ and him crucified. Jesus said, if this same power abides in you, that raised Jesus from the dead, <laughs> this same power, this same spirit, I'm sorry, this same spirit shall resurrect your mortal bodies. We have resurrection power. We have a hope. We have a blessing. Last Sunday after church, I sat up and, and, and four or five people came and just want to talk and pray, and I so enjoyed that. And I left thinking, you know, that's the mission of what the body of Christ is all about. I didn't give anybody any medical advice. I just prayed with people. Encouraged people. Listen, that's what God has called us to do. I, I mean, I, I've had people ask my thoughts on this and my thoughts on and, and, and in reality, my thoughts just don't matter. All that matters is what does the Word of God say? Pastor, what do you think of this issue? What do you think of that? And, and again... Set my thoughts aside. Let's look to what does the Word of God say. Because I need to make sure my thoughts are lined up with God's Word. And if my thoughts are conflicting with God's Word, let, let, let God be true and every man a liar. So that when you come in contact with the world that's hurting right now, there's hurting. Can I tell you, you can't fix... 
it's not a problem you can fix with money. I mean, I, listen, again, I'm not trying to get political. I just want you to understand the problem. I'm blessed that no one in my immediate family has, has died from this horrible virus. I'm blessed in that. But if that did happen, $1,400 wouldn't help me feel better about it. It's, you know, and listen, that's from somebody that loves to get $1,400. It's not a problem that you can just throw money at. Like, like I said, 29 million people have been, the numbers that I read, have been affected by this virus. But we're going to send money out to 380 million people because the world doesn't know how to respond. We want to help. We don't know what to Listen, we have the hope. We have the help. They need Jesus Christ. Oh, God. If they would just turn. If my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal their land. We need to either believe this or shut the church down and go home. Let's start acting like we have the hope. Let's start acting like we've got the vaccine. Oh, God, that they would line up outside the church doors so that when the church would open up, they would come crawling in and say, Oh, we are sick with sin sickness. What is the vaccine? And we could give them Jesus Christ. Oh, that's the revival that I'm praying for. That's the revival that we need. Israel realized that they had sinned. They came to Moses, pray for us. We talked bad about God. And while we're confessing sin, we talk bad about you too, Moses. <laughs> He's like, what? I knew y'all were complaining about God. But then they said, but man of God, would you pray for us? Listen, let that hunger sweep the church. Let that hunger sweep the world, I mean. The church shouldn't be empty this morning. We shouldn't have this many empty seats this morning. We, we just shouldn't. And it's my fault, and it's your fault, and it's all of our fault. We've got to do a better, and, and the devil's fighting, but that's what he does. But we've got to do a better job of preaching and teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ to those that are out there. Lives hang in the balance. Eternities hang in the balance. Eternities hang in the balance. Bow your heads with me this morning.
Hallelujah. Father, right now, listen, if you're here, I just want you to wait on the Lord a minute. I'm just kind of, I feel like the Holy Spirit is, is, is solemnly touching some hearts this morning. I, I feel a heavier spirit than I intended to feel here this morning. But if the Lord is dealing with your heart this morning because he may be showing you some people that you need to lift up Jesus Christ to. Teenagers back here, he may be showing you some school friends. And it's hard. It's hard. It was hard when I was a teenager to be a Christian in school. I can only imagine today but I can tell you this one truth God will give you the strength if you will ask him for it and he will help you and he will bless you and and and, and many are in a position and I don't know why I'm just speaking that word to the teenagers it fits for all of us but he you're in a unique position to reach people that nobody else can reach Adults, you've got family members that need Jesus. Brother Dominic, when he was praying this morning, said he felt like some have become discouraged and quit praying for family members. And and, and that, that hit my heart because I remembered some family members that I haven't prayed for in a while. That they still need Jesus. Listen, we have the antidote. Let's not be. And and there's not a short supply. There's not a short supply. And there's vaccination centers on every corner. There's more churches in this nation. What we need to do is pray that God... Jesus, Jesus said that we need, we need workers to go out to the harvest field. The harvest is, is plenteous. We need reapers. We need spiritual doctors to go out to the harvest field and reap a harvest. Father, right now, I pray, God, that everyone in this room decides in their heart that we want to make a difference that we want to impact somebody that is sick with a sin sickness. We want to introduce them to the antidote that will cleanse their heart, cleanse their life, purify them, make them righteous before you, Father. God, we don't have the right to hoard the truth. God, you've given it to us to distribute, not to hold. Help us, God. Help us, Father, to be better agents. If you're here this morning, in fact, I'm just going to ask everybody to stand. Would you just stand to your feet in the presence of the Lord all over the building? And and we're closing up. We'll have you out here before 1130. Hallelujah. If you're here this morning,
Or maybe we've got a few that have told me that they're going to be out there, but they're going to be watching online. So maybe if you're watching online this morning, and the Holy Spirit is dealing with your heart, that he's entrusted you with this great gospel, this great truth. And you need to share Jesus Christ. You need to learn how to pray for people. You need to learn how to encourage people with the word of God. Speak God's word. When the world comes to you with issues and problems, don't respond with worldly rhetoric. Respond with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's be propagators of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, help us to have... God, I pray for the proclamation ministry of the church. God, that the body of Christ proclaims Jesus. Not proclaims Republican, not proclaims Democrat, but proclaims Jesus. Help us, Lord. Help us, God, to proclaim Jesus Christ and Him crucified to a world that so desperately, so desperately needs you, Lord. Let us not be sidetracked. Father, I pray an anointing over everyone in this room right now. Holy Spirit, just encourage, strengthen, empower. Go with us. Open doors of opportunity to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ those that we come in contact with. Lord God, as we go out of this building, Lord, we're entering a mission field. We gather as believers, we rejoice, we celebrate, we sing. But God, that when we walk out of these doors, we're entering a mission field. Help us to be faithful, effective missionaries. Watch what we say. Watch what we post on social media. Watch what we speak in public. Watch the way we respond to those that we come in contact with. And pray, God, you just be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. We love you. And uh, you're dismissed.